Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back again to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. That's just fun to say. It's kind of a tongue twister. It is. You say it well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I've practiced. Yes, I can tell you're a professional at this. (laughs) I am. Yeah. It's uh, Wednesday, February 2, and I just want to wish everyone a happy Groundhog's Day. Oh, right. Yeah. Happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. At, At the time we're recording this, ahead of time, we have no idea if... What's his name? Phil? Punxsutawney Phil. If Punxsutawney Phil is going to see a shadow or not. Right. But here's what we do know. Um, it will still be winter for a while, and then spring will come. And then summer, followed by fall, and then we'll be back to winter. Man, so if this past this is what we ever know. dries up for you, yeah. you could be a weatherman. I'm just practicing my prophetic gift right now. Oh, it's yeah. Pro- pro- yeah. prophetic. Okay. I'm growing my prophetic muscle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Well, on Wednesdays, we typically will ask people their story behind how they first came to Victory Point. Mm -hmm. You sort of shared some history, but you didn't really tell us how did you first get recruited into VP? Yep. Well, right out of Hope College in 1992, I started a youth ministry job at Grace Reformed Church in Holland. And uh, I was there for a total of 10 years. Uh, We took a couple years off and went up to Alaska and then did some work with Eagle Crest Youth Ministry and the Synod of the Great Lakes. Um, But then uh, in 2004, um, I was trying to discern what to do next, was thinking about, you know, do I go to seminary? Do I, what do I do? And Steve Rusticus invited me out to lunch at Crazy Horse. And Steve, for anyone uh, who's new to Victory Point, he was a long time, long term, great pastor at Victory Point. Um, Actually, ironically, had worked at Grace Reform Church where I had previously worked, but we weren't contemporaries. But um, he invited me out to lunch and asked if I'd be interested in a a full-time youth ministry job at Victory Point. Um, as I got to know him in Victory Point, uh, it was a no-brainer. Like, yes, I would love to work for for Steve and for this church. And um, so I said yes. And uh, that's that's how I got connected at Victory Point um, back in 2004. Our, our kids were really young. Mm-hmm. I mean, we sort of raised our kids, you mm-hmm. know, in community uh, at Victory Point. And um, it's been a blessing for them. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So you were a youth pastor before you came to Victory Point. Yeah. Right? I sort of concluded my youth ministry years at Victory Point. I mean, so I I did youth ministry for about a a total of 15 years of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then do you reach a certain age where you need to start talking to older people? Some people do. Some people like just stay in it for the long haul. I thought that was going to be me. But uh, I think in around 2007, when an opportunity came to step into a different role at Victory Point, I felt like maybe my youth ministry run was sort of coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just lifestyle-wise, like it, it was time for me at least um, to, to step into a new thing. And yep. um, I'm really glad I did. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, today's passage is a super duper familiar one. Sure is. Uh, it's out of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verses 1 to 13, and a lot of people just dub this the love chapter. The love chapter. Well, the love chapter. Do you remember the love soon boat? Soon we'll be making, making another run. We could do jingles. Hey, yeah. we could. All right, next gig. All right, here we go. 
1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Paul says, And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, when what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So Dwight, uh, you're getting married in April. Mm. Is this going to be your passage for your wedding? Well, I have to talk to my pastor about that. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Matt is doing our wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I, we haven't picked our passages yet. Yeah. I mean, it certainly could be. Could the, be. It, the it, only downside to it would be, well, here we go again. Yeah. We're hearing the love chapter at another wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and ironically, I think that's a, a great segue um, because like, if we understand the context of this passage, this Paul didn't write this to a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a great passage to use in, in a wedding. Right. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if anyone's listening and this was your wedding passage, like awesome passage, right. okay? But it, it, this isn't a wedding passage. There's, there's hardly any passages in the scriptures that are wedding passages. Right. I mean, the, but, but, but love transcends, you know, context. But the context that Paul's writing here is he's writing to a church, the Corinthian church. Mm-hmm. And this church, you know, um, like any church, wasn't perfect. And it had its struggles. I mean, they, they were dealing with things. Um, they, they were dealing with, um, you know, abuses of, of the Lord's Supper. They were dealing with uh, spiritual sort of authority, maybe potential abuse. And, um, they, they, you know, people were suing each other. And um, they, there was sexual misbehavior. I mean, like, so, I mean, that, that's who this book is written to. That's who this letter is written mm-hmm. to. And Paul inserts, it feels like almost out of place. Like he, you know, last week, so, so last week we were listening um, to, to Steve Durr and Scott and Tara Follett. You guys did a great job on the podcast, but you guys were one chapter before us into chapter 12 and just acknowledging that, that the body of Christ is unique and diverse. There's all these different gifts, you know, mm-hmm. um, like the body has many parts mm-hmm. and they're all different. Um, intentionally so. There's big parts and little parts, and every part plays a different role, but they're all meant to be one. Mm. You know, when you go 
from where I just stopped reading, if you were to keep reading, you know, Paul says, you know, follow the way of love, but eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. Then he talks about speaking in tongues. So it's almost like he gets back into these gifts of the body of Christ. And I wonder if, I'm wondering if he's inserting this chapter on love, um, just as a reminder to all of his readers, to the church in Corinth, to us today, like the body of Christ is diverse. And, mm-hmm. and it's meant to be that way. There's a lot of diversity, a lot of different gifts, a lot of um, ethnic groups, a lot of socioeconomic, you know, kind of statuses, um, you know, different opinions on things. Like the body of Christ is diverse in, in like these gifts and everything else. Like if you don't have love mm-hmm. as your guiding principle, mm-hmm. as your rock you know, bottom foundation for everything you do, um, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to go the way God designed it to. You know, right. love has to like, like just transcend everything. Like everything needs yeah. to be done in love, out of love, for love, because God is love. And if we're going to be his body, um, if we're going to be his representation made up of all these different parts, um, it needs to reflect love. And I just wonder if that's why Paul, like, let, let me remind you, you know, church, this is what love looks like in action. It's like this. It's not like that. You know, you could have all the coolest things going on, the greatest worship and the greatest preaching and the greatest prophecies and evangelistic outreaches. Um, but if you don't have love, yeah, the genuine love of the Father, you know, demonstrated through the Son, you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit, um, like it, it's not gonna, it's not, it's not gonna work. It's just a bunch of windbags. It's incomplete. Yeah, it's gongs and cymbals. That's that's what I'm thinking about this passage right now. No, that's a great insight. Uh, And you know, when when chapter 13 starts out, if I speak in tongues, Mm -hmm. you know, in the tongues of men and angels, and then he talks about prophecy and knowledge and and all that. It's interesting that he would tie that to love. Mm -hmm. But what you just described makes all the sense in the world. He's just spent a whole chapter talking about the gifts. and uh, so, yes, I, I would totally agree with you that he had, it's like Paul's taking a pause right there and just saying, yeah. hey guys, um, all this stuff, even though uh, gifts are scattered throughout the body of Christ for the purpose of building one another up, mm-hmm. but th- they're not going to build each other up. Yeah. They're, uh, they're going to tear each other down if you don't have love. Yeah, they're, they're for the common good, and the common good won't experience the goodness uh, with, with, if it's not done out of love. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking just as you're speaking and as I was reading it, this part was starting to bubble up too. Like, you know, when it talks about like in, in verse <coughs> eight, you know, love never fails, but where there's prophecies, they're going to cease. Where there's tongues, they're going to be still. I wonder, is he? Is this how you read it? Because um, I'm curious about this. Like, is he? Is he suggesting that, you know, someday... Like we're we're living like in the in between of the like um, it's come but not here yet fully kingdom right you know and someday like it's we're gonna reach the completion and the fulfillment of the kingdom you know and all its in all its glory yes. like like um, new heaven new earth kind yes. of stuff and like you won't need prophecies you right. won't need tongues these these things are temporary. Yeah. There's temporary gifts, but there's one thing that's eternal, mm-hmm. and that's the love of God, because mm-hmm. God is love. So yes. if, if you want to really invest in, in the eternal, the things of eternal significance, um, love needs to be primary. Yes. That's absolutely how I read it. Yeah. I, I know some, okay, here, here's a 
big seminary word, but there there are those who are dispensationalists, mm-hmm. right? Who mm-hmm. believe that the gifts and the miracles sort of went away once the generation of the disciples and the apostles yes. w- when they died off, yep. right? So a dispensationalist may may read this and say, "See, mm-hmm. prophecies and tongues mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, prophetic words and all that kind of stuff that and healing that that's gone. It yeah. doesn't happen anymore." Yeah, I, I I do not believe that was Paul's intention. I'm I'm totally with you, Matt. That I I think Paul's saying when when the kingdom is fulfilled and and we are with the Lord and Christ comes again, at that point these things will no longer be needed. Yeah. So so I I think it's almost like make sure we wear the lens of love. You know, like to whatever gift you've been given. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody's been is gifted. Everyone's been given a gift for the common good in the body of Christ. And I think those gifts are needed until the day Christ returns, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're in play until the day Christ returns. So whatever your gift is, receive that from the Lord, put on the the lens of love and how can you leverage your gift for the common good as an expression of love to everyone around you? Because that reflects Christ. So, I mean, when I, when I look at 1 Corinthians 13, I mean, um, you know, I, I feel sometimes like I, I, I even get nervous, like sometimes doing a podcast like this, like, like people expect me to, to understand the Bible because I'm the pastor. And uh, I mean, I'm I just feel like uh, I'm an ordinary, everyday, unschooled person. You know, I, I didn't complete seminary or anything like that. But but I love the jingle or whatever you call it. We have at the beginning. The bumper. Of, yeah. The bumper at the beginning of every podcast mm-hmm. um, says something to the effect, you know, um, we're not theologians, we're not Bible scholars, but no one said you had to be right. um, to read and interpret and apply the Word of God because we have the interpreter inside of us, yeah. the Holy Spirit, and we have community with with um, each other who have the Holy Spirit to help keep us in checks and balances You know, as we interpret. Um, so I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Dwight, and, and say I think... What Paul's trying to say in 1 Corinthians 13 is love's really important. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Love is really important. It's the most excellent way of life. It's the greatest of everything. So that's what I'm reading into this. I I don't know. That that might be really deep, but I think that's what he's saying. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, but I, I do want to appeal to you as a man who's been married 25 years. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. As one who's about to be married yep. in three months. Yeah. Hello, Betsy. Hi, Betsy. Um, it doesn't say anything in here about love being a feeling. Yes. Good observation. Right? Yeah. I think you're right, Dwight. I think love is not a noun. It's a verb. According, mm-hmm. I mean, when you or read it's an this, adjective. or an adjective, there are adjectives because mm-hmm. love is kind. That's mm-hmm. an adjective. It's true. Um, love is not self-seeking. That's a mm-hmm. verb, you know. Um, so that's a. It's a good word. Yeah. If, if we only did things when we feel loving, we right. would only do them sometimes. Right. You know, but if 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 love is more of a a lifestyle, a decision, an action, mm-hmm. um, then it's... It, so that's the agape love. That's the word that, that it's used in the Greek here. Okay. It's the self-sacrificing, um, unconditional, like like pouring out love regardless of whether it gets returned. 
Right. I mean, that's what Christ did. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved us first. Yeah. He demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. If we're going to represent him as his body in love, um, that's the kind of love we need to embody in marriage, in church, in community, in family, to the community, in the world. Mm. That's a good word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you mind if I do the blessing? I'd love it. Okay. Yeah. So I don't remember where I heard this, but I was uh, I was at a conference somewhere, and mm-hmm. and someone challenged me to do exactly what you challenged us to do with Jeremiah chapter one hmm. to insert your name in here. Okay. Uh, in 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 exchange for love. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Let's it's do it. it's a great way to kind of do a heart check and to see if how you're doing in the love category, right? So I'm just going to use my own name here. Uh, that might be awkward, but... Listeners uh, can imagine putting yes. their name in whenever they hear Please the name Please put your Dwight. name in whenever you hear Dwight. Um, so, but just hear how this sounds. Uh, Dwight is patient. I mean, stop right there. Um, Dwight is kind. Dwight does not envy. Dwight does not boast. Dwight is not proud. Dwight is not rude. Dwight is not self-seeking. Dwight is not easily angered. Uh, Dwight keeps no record of wrongs. Dwight does not delight in evil, but he rejoices with the truth. Dwight always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I can tell you right now that some red flags went up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. On a, on a couple of these. Not for you, but not for, for me. <laughs> for me. Right. Yeah. So I would encourage you listeners to do that. Uh, maybe after uh, this is over, just insert your own name in there and just ask the Holy Spirit, uh, are there areas where I need some work? Amen. And I need to uh, learn the art of love yep. a little bit more. So God bless you. We love you guys. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.